Welcome to Lubbock Unified Messages on the Go. I'm Pastor Furman. As always, we just want to say thank you for joining us. This message is from this past Sunday. We pray that it will bless you today. Um, you can come and find us, 2707 34th Street. We would love to have you on a Sunday in person at 1030. But other than that, man, let's keep seeking the Lord together. God bless. Good morning, good morning, everybody. How we doing? Thank you, Jesus. Tell him, Felix. It's always a, a good morning. Can y'all believe January is over? It's already gone. I thought I was ready for it. I don't think I was ready for it. Ready for the spring? Ready for it to be warmer? Well, you know they did the groundhog thing, right? And I, I never understand it or, or any of that. But it's just like Josh, you know, I guess they didn't see his shadow or something like that. <laughs> Couldn't see him, huh? All right. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. One of the things that I shared at the beginning of the year a couple of weeks ago was that God has given us a word for the year and also a verse of the year. Because uh, our word for the year is presence. We want to be people who always see God's presence. We spend time in his presence. But also his presence is seen in us, seen in this church. And our verse for the year comes out of Psalm 16:4, And this is the amplified version. It's not going to be on the screen or nothing. But it says this, because I'm going to read it every week. I'm going to say it every week because I want it to really seek into our hearts and our minds. But this says, you show me the path of life. And your presence is fullness of joy. And your right hand are the pleasures forevermore. So it's in his presence is where we discover our path for our life. In his presence, we find a joy that is unmatched. It's in his presence that we position ourselves in places that we could receive all those good pleasures that God has straight from his hand. And that's what I want for us this year, that we would all, man, soak in his presence, see his presence in our life, that people will see us and they say, man, I can see that you serve the Lord, that you are loved by God. They'll see the evidence of that. And today we start a new series called Worship, and I'm excited for that, you know, because when we really understand what worship is, we understand presence, man, we'll be able to, man, worship him in a way that's more than just us singing our songs, because that is a part of worship, that is a form of it, but it goes so much further than that, and I want to break this down to us, okay, because the word worship actually comes from the old English word, and I'm going to mess this up probably, but maybe not. It's called wereworthsipi, and this means to express a love or adoration for something to something. So in other words, it's us expressing our love, our adoration to God, for God, to Jesus, for Jesus, is what worship is. So not only is it us singing worships, right, I'm praising you, Lord, but also there are many different forms of how we express this worship to the God that we talk about. And today we're going to spend some time discovering what that looks like. And we're going to be reading out of Romans chapter 12. Of course, we'll have verses on the screen. But if you need a Bible, right, you see in all those pews, there's some Bibles in there. And that only has half the Bible. It has the New Testament. But you are welcome to keep those, okay? If you're like, I don't have a Bible. I, I don't know what to do. Those are great Bibles and a great way to get in the Word of God. Because in there, it has a lot of stuff. It has little things that you can learn more about God 
little things that it says of what a believer looks like, what it doesn't look like, all these different tools to help you be successful. So if you need one, take one, okay? Use it. Let's be people that use the word. But I want to pray before we read the word and go any further. That is so I can catch my breath. I've been running around a little bit. I don't know if you tell. <laughs> Father, we just thank you, Lord, uh, man, for this moment right now, Lord. This is something you had already seen was going to happen before we even pulled up or got up this morning. And so, Father, help us just soak in your presence. Help us receive everything that you have for us. Help us walk the path that you've spoken over us, that you've been planning, that you've been directing, that you've been orchestrating, Lord. And so, Father, I pray that our worship for you wouldn't just be in the form of us singing a song, but it would look like many different ways. Specifically today, how we talk about what worship looks like when we live our life, that that would be an expression of our love, of our adoration, of our appreciation, of our gratitude for you. And so, Father, will we just quiet our minds, will we move out of the way and let you do the work that is necessary in us? Father, we just love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 12, if you have a Bible, you turn to it. But before we get into that, I want you to know, well, who is this? What is this? What is all that, right? This is a letter from the Apostle Paul. And so he wasn't somebody that lived with Jesus, but he's somebody that came later on to become a believer and become somebody who was always spreading the news about Jesus. And at this time, he writes this letter to the church that's in Rome. See, because Paul's been on a mission ever since that Jesus ascended to heaven and the disciples have been spreading the good news. That's what Paul's been doing, too. He's been telling everybody, hey, man, I know that through our sinful nature, we mess up our relationship with God. But it's through Jesus giving his life for us and him being raised and still alive that we can be made right when we place our faith. And he's sharing this news with everybody everywhere that he goes. And he's going to all these cities and all these towns. And now he's planning to go to Rome. And so he says, before I get there, let me write this letter so they be prepared because, you know, nobody likes you to pull up unexpected, all right? Let them prepare for what I want to speak to them about and just check on how they're doing. So he writes them this letter. And to understand this church in Rome, theologians believe that it comes from a day after Jesus ascended to heaven. They believe that this was a group that started back in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 speaks about a day that Peter was just up here like this. There was thousands of people and people's telling them about Jesus and it says that it's the day of Pentecost. And all that means is that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, came down and it touched everybody. Everybody was saved. They started speaking in tongues in different languages. All these crazy things happened. But the main thing was is they got saved and they got baptized that day. And it said over 3,000 people were a part of this. And theologians, people that study the Bible, believe that out of this group is where the Church of Rome came from. Because before then, right, I don't know if y'all know about Caesar, y'all seen Gladiator, right? Before then, right, there's a lot of different things that people were worshiping, part of their religion. And so there's all these different influences, and you're, they're coming into this territory of trying to live God's way, but that's a hard thing to do when everybody else is living a different way. And that's part of the reason that Paul was writing this letter, so he could help them understand how to live their life in a world that is different from the life that they're learning about. So he writes to them this letter, to this church. This church that's made up of people that grew up in the church, the Jews, people of Israel, and the Gentiles. Gentile just simply mean that you weren't an Israelite, you were outside of that family. 
but it was made up of a mixture of both of these. And so Paul is writing to them and he's explaining, man, hey, we need to look at the way that we live our life because guess what? That's one of the ways that we worship God. And that's what we're going to read about today. We're going to start at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. And we're going to pause right in there. But let's put this on the screen and let's read this together. It says, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. Give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. And let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is the true way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn how to know what God's will is for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I love how Paul started this off. He said, hey, I want to talk to my brothers and my sisters, because a lot of times you go on TikTok, social media, they're like, hey, if this isn't for you, go ahead and scroll, scroll up, right? Everybody got this specific group that they want to talk to. But Paul says, hey, I want to make sure that this ain't just for the ladies. This just ain't for the gods. It's for everybody. We all fall under this standard that God has for us and that is expected of us. So make sure that we're all paying attention. Because then he says, I plead with you. He say, look, I can't stress this enough. This is important. You do not want to miss what I'm trying to tell you. Listen to what I'm seeking. Because there are too many believers who are living wrong, but believe they're in the right. Too many believers. And this was going on then, but let's be real. It's still happening now. We have many people that say, oh, man, I praise the Lord. I put on some worship music. But their life doesn't reflect a life of worship to the Lord either. They say, man, I love God. But if you really looked at their life and said, I don't know, man, it looked like you were the God of your life. And so Paul is saying, hey, I want you to understand this, that there should be a difference in our life. And I want you to take this away this morning. Let's start right here. Not all worship God finds acceptable. Not all worship. What did we just read about? Paul said, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. You think about the world, they accept a lot of things, and sometimes you look at it, you say, no, nah, that's pretty crazy. Everybody says that is normal, that is accepted. But the thing is, as a believer, just because other people have accepted something, they believe in something, it doesn't make it right for us to be a part of it. When we do, we get in the way of God transforming us. We block the change that he's trying to do in us. And so Paul say, hey, man, you got to be careful of how you are living there's many people that say, man, I want to do God's will for my life. And you'd be like, oh, what is that? And they'd be like, I don't even know. They don't know what God's will is for them. They don't even know how to discern it. They don't know what that looks like. And I think we've all struggled with that at different times. But what we see and what we just read is there's always three key elements to God's will. And the first one is what did he say? He said, you discover God's will. You're going to do what is good, pleasing, and perfect. So what is good is, should be part of it, right? What is good, it should be pure. It should be, uh, man, no alternative motive. It shouldn't be self-serving. It's going to be morally right, but also biblically righteous. And the word righteous just means that God is co-signing what you're doing because it aligns with his standard. He's saying, hey, I approve this because it is a part of me. The second thing that we see is the elements should have be pleasing 
So that means it should be honoring God. It should be giving glory to God. It shouldn't be giving credit to you, right? How many of us see people sometimes and we're like, oh, you're only doing that because you want people to see you. Like, you say you're doing that for God, but really you're doing it for yourself. We can see the difference in it. He said the second thing should be pleasing. It should point everything and give credit back to God. And the final one, he said, it's going to be perfect, meaning it's going to be aligned with God's word, with his plans. It's going to be without fault. It's going to meet to God's standard. Paul says, when you got these three things and all the things that you do, man, that is a form of worship that is acceptable to the Lord. And if you're doing things and you don't find that in there, right, it's past one, it's missing a couple of things, then that's an area that God wants to work with you in. It's an area that he's trying to transform the way you think. Because we know the way you think leads to the way you act. The way you act becomes part of your habits. Your habits become part of your nature, part of who you are. How many of us know who Deion Sanders is? Y'all know this old football player with the Cowboys, 49ers. He always has this saying. He says, man, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. If you play good, you get paid good. It's almost the same concept, though. It all starts in our mind, the things that we're understanding about ourselves. And Paul's saying, man, the things that we're doing should be good, pleasing, and perfect. That's part of God's will for our life. It should reflect him as a sign of worship. But he also said, before you can even get to that, to understand how to be renewed, how to be improved, he said, you got to give your bodies to God. And it's like, hold up, you want me to get my body? What does that mean? What he's saying is you got to lay it all down to him. You got to fully surrender it to him. If there's an area of your life that you haven't given to him, then it's hard for him to work in that area. How many of us like eggs and bacon for breakfast? Eggs and bacon for breakfast? Yeah. But if you think about that, right, eggs and bacon, one comes from a chicken, one comes from a pig. The chicken brings the what? The egg. So it doesn't mean, it doesn't take a lot for a chicken, right, to be a part of this breakfast. He just gives an A. But what does the pig give? Gives his life for that bacon. And I'm going to be real. I love bacon more than I love eggs. Okay. There's a difference between giving a part of yourself and giving everything of yourself to the Lord. A lot of times we want God to work in all these different areas, but in order for him to really work, for him to change the way you think, the way you act, the way that you are, you have to give it all. And if not, there's a good chance we are going to not do what's good, pleasing, and perfect. There's a good chance that what we're going to do is going to actually copy what the world shows. So he's telling us, man, be careful about this. Think about what you're doing. We know a lot of people that say they know about Jesus, but that's different than actually knowing Jesus, right? I know about God, but don't have a relationship with God. Still living a life that's separated from him. You see, when you are really living with Jesus, what you're going to see is there's no way to avoid it. He's going to change you. He's going to grow you. He's going to stretch you. He's going to work in you. That is always messing with your heart, messing with your mind. It's making you more and more like him. And Paul says, God knows the difference between you. He knows in your heart when you're saying something and you're actually meaning it. Because how many of us have heard people tell us things and they're the correct things to say, but we also know, like, you really don't even mean what you're telling me. You're apologizing to me. You're telling me these things. But at the end of the day, like, you're just speaking words. 
But we also know the difference when somebody's being genuine, right? When somebody is doing more than that and how much we respond to that with appreciation, with gratitude. He said there's a fine line in the difference between the two. And God knows the difference. And he wants to help us grow an awareness of what that looks like. So that way our worship gets accepted and not get denied. So that way we don't play ourselves. Because not all worship God finds acceptable. Let's keep reading. Let's go to the next verses, verse 3 and 5. Paul continues to write. He says, because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, I give each one of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith that God has given us. And just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Paul's saying, look, I understand the position and the place that I'm in. I understand what it comes with. I understand what's entrusted with me. I understand the responsibility that I have. And I want to make sure that you have the same. That you wouldn't excuse your ways because you're ignorant, because you just don't know better, right? There's a time that we don't know better about things, but there's also a time that we learn better, right? And once we know something better, we should act better because of it. We shouldn't keep doing the same things that we know aren't good for us. Because if we're truly walking with Jesus, if we're spending time in God's presence, the Holy Spirit is working in us. Like I said, it's unavoidable. You're going to be changed. You're going to grow. You're going to become better. And Paul says we have to understand that we are responsible for what we do. And we also have to understand what's expected of us. Because God's standard is always the same. It never changes. I want you to take this away this morning because I know you'd be like, dang, does that mean I got to be perfect? Nah, take this away this morning. God doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he does require us to be honest. He don't expect you to be perfect, all right? But he does require us to be honest. Think about what we just talking about. Not all worship to God is acceptable. So we could read through the New Testament and we could see Jesus. He calls out all these religious leaders, these Pharisees, because they had all this knowledge. They knew the word. They could recite it. They could say, man, it says right there in the Bible, Isaiah 72. Like, they knew all of this stuff. But what they forgot is the word isn't just to be read. It's to be lived. And so a lot of times they could tell you a bunch of things about the Bible, but their actions show something else. And a lot of times, Jesus is like, hey, that's cool that you know that, but let me break it down to you because you're missing the whole point. I don't know how many of y'all ever seen that show Hoarders. Y'all seen Hoarders? Y'all know what I'm talking about? These people who have these houses and they're filled up with mountains of stuff in each room and they got these little valleys to get through everything. And in those episodes, right, they, they send people to go and help clean and, and clean up the house and get things in a better condition. But they ask them, like, man, how did you get to this point? Why did you collect all this stuff? And a lot of them all say the same thing. I collected it, right, with the intention to use it. I thought, you know what, I need to hold on to this because there's going to come a point that I'm going to need it. But what good does it do if it never gets used? What happens if all we're doing is collecting information all the time, but we never do anything with it? Just like those shows, man. They keep piling up, getting higher and higher. And they're nice to have, but what good is it doing you? 
it becomes useless. And over time, what's going to happen, it's going to become unusable. Things are going to reach a state to the point that instead of serving the purpose that it was meant for, it's not going to be able to. You see, you could go to church all your life. You could go to men's group, Bible studies. You could get baptized. You could do all these things and never get rid of anger. Never get rid of bitterness, resentment, lust. You can still have all these addictions that are suffocating you, all these things. You'd be like, well, I do all this. Like, I thought all I got to do is scan my badge and come in. I thought I was good. But that's not enough. Paul said, measure yourself by the faith which God has given you. In other words, we read in the Bible, does our life look like that? Or are we just another story, another episode of things being collected and not being used? Paul said, God has a special function for you, one that's going to serve in his kingdom and help others. And when we aren't honest with ourselves, we're going to miss out on what's possible. Because remember, he's not expecting us to be perfect. We won't always get things right. That's okay. We're human, right? But we should be always growing and improving. We should always see the difference in our life and our actions and the way that we're living. We should come to a point that we say, look, I'm tired of that life. I can't do that anymore. I need to do something different. If God says this is what it is, then let me step into that and try it out. Because I've been doing this my way for so long, and I see nothing's changed. If you're like, I've been coming to church for years, but you're still struggling with these issues, there's a good chance you ain't surrendered it to him. You haven't allowed him to work through that. You haven't given it to him. You're giving him the egg instead of the bacon. We have to see the difference. If we really want to see him transform us, and be opposite of the ways of the world. Let's keep reading. Let's go to verse 6 through 11. So Paul continues and he says this. And he says, it's in his grace that God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring God with everything. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. He says, everyone has been given a gift, all of us. And your gift is not going to be the same as somebody around you. And guess what? That's okay. It's meant to be like that, okay? Paul said, just like a body has many parts, so is the body of Christ. And you have a special function. And check this out. It fits you. It ain't supposed to fit somebody else. It fits you. So that means your passions, your skill sets, your talents, your creativity is all going to be part of that gift that God has given you. So when other people are like, oh, that's weird, say, no, nah, that's part of my gifting. You're not supposed to understand it because it's my gift. It's not your gift. We're supposed to be different because we all balance each other out. We all make up a part of him. See, it's all a gift from him that is a part of him. That together we become him. 
What does your gift look like? I want you to take this away finally this morning. That God has given us gifts that are meant to be used for worship. God has gifted each one of us with something that he's meant and given us so that way we could return it in the worship of how we're using it. Paul started off saying it's in his grace. God has given us different gifts to really love each other, to serve each other, to honor others. In return, this actually serves the Lord. This is a form of worship to the Lord. Using what has been gifted to you to bless others while it's honoring God. Guess what that is? It's good, it's pleasing, it's perfect. But did you notice how each gift wasn't the same thing? That each gift, it only had one area. It didn't do everything right. Because no one is meant to do everything. Just because I'm the pastor doesn't mean I'm meant to check the doors, do sound, do media, go help the kids. Like, I'm not meant to do all that. That's the body. That's the church. That's why we all are supposed to find our gifts and find our role and see what that looks like for each one of us. And together we create the body. We display the fullness of God and what he is and who he is. We balance each other out. You know, there's a Greek word that gets used for people that attend churches a lot. And you probably heard it. Hypocrite. Man, them people ain't nothing, man. They ain't even who they talk about. Man, that's a hypocrite right there. But did you know that the def definition of hypocrite, the reason that they used it is really to describe somebody that was an actor or an actress that wore a mask. And let's be real. We know a lot of people that come to churches that wear a mask, right? Hey, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Man, I don't know what I'm going to do. They all stressed out. How many of us know that, right? We come to church, right? This is supposed to be a place that we could receive healing, that we could be encouraged, that we could be trained, but we put up this facade and we act like everything's all good, even when it's not. That's not what this place is meant for. But part of the way that we're going to experience this is when we use our gifts and we're being real and authentic with each other. What did Paul say? Hey, be real with yourself. Don't think you're better than what you are. I know you're afraid to share what you're going through. I know you're afraid to share what your struggle, but how are somebody going to help you in it if you don't talk about it? And this is the place. These are the people that are supposed to do this because we know there are some people outside of this just want to know your business. We know there are some people outside of this that are just out there to see how they can come up on you. But this group right here, these people right here, this right here is supposed to bless you supposed to help you. It's supposed to help you become the person that God created you to be. So the gift that God has for you should be used, and when it is, we are expressing our love, our adoration, our worship for our Father, our Creator. And you think about the things that you naturally do, things that bring you joy, satisfaction, that come easy for you. Guess what? That's probably part of your gifts. If you're like, Pastor, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know what kind of gifts I have. Guess what? Spend some time in the Word. Spend some time looking through the gifts. Spend some time actually just being a part with Jesus and say, you know what, I'm going to try this. I don't know what this looks like. Serve at the church. So you know what, I didn't know I even like media team. But now I got a passion for it. I don't even think I like kids, but look, now I want to serve the kids. I didn't even know what it was like to serve outside of the church. But now, man, I got a heart to go and serve people that I don't even know. We all have different roles. We're all meant to do more than just come hear a word on a Sunday. We're supposed to be part of the body. We're supposed to use these gifts. 
He said, don't just pretend to love others, genuinely love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tight to what is good. He said, don't be lazy, work hard serving the Lord. All of this is part of worshiping the Lord. And that's what it should look like for us, that we are growing into where we're made to be, that we're honest where we're at, and that we're serving in ways that it, the opportunity doesn't even serve us. It ain't about us. You know, uh, there's a point in my life that I was making a lot of bad choices, right? Now I got out of jail and just being dumb. And I was like, man, I really need to get a real job, okay? I can't be doing some of the dumb stuff I've been doing forever. And I was like, Lord, I just need some help. Like, I don't even know you really real, but I need something. So I got offered this job at this hospital. And the guy that was doing it was just like, yo, man, as long as you can take a drug test and you clean, man, I'll give you a break. And I was just like, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I ended up getting a job. And at that job, I was cleaning. I was a housekeeper at this hospital, but I didn't care. I was like, man, any job I could get is better than not having one or going back to the things that I knew. Fast forward, here we are, right? This is many years later, and, and now on Wednesdays, I get to clean where exactly where you sit at. I get to clean this sanctuary. I get to clean these hallways. I get to clean this place. And I say this because what we don't always realize is just the part that we're playing and how important and how vital it is. Because sometimes we're getting paid to do something, Sometimes we're getting asked to do something, and a lot of times we don't realize the purpose or see the benefit of it. And I remember I was talking with my sister about all this one day about cleaning, right? And she's like, brother, do you know that our family is a family of janitors? And I was just like, well, it's not a legacy I want to share about, but uh. she said, no, brother, you don't know that? Dad used to go and do this, and Mom used to run these places and do all this cleaning service. Even this person and, you know, our brother and our sister, they run this place, and they were part of this. Part Cleaning has always been part of our life. She was like, but now look at our life. Yes, we, it's not something we're getting paid to do, but look at the privilege of the places that God has presented us to and how we get to do it now. And it just reminds me, right, if I really think about Jesus and I really think about what I deserve, for one, I don't deserve to walk into his house, let alone clean his house. I don't deserve that. But the fact that he allows me to do that, it just reminds me of how blessed that I am, but also that every role is important, that every place that we serve is vital to the kingdom of God, that he wouldn't give you a job if he didn't trust you with it, but if it didn't mean something to him as well. And so I say this because sometimes God is going to ask you to do some things and you'll be like, man, I don't want to do that but you're not realizing the blessing that is in it. You're not even seeing how privileged that you are, that you got asked to do something for him. Because let's be real, we don't deserve it, y'all. We don't deserve it. We all deserve to be on the Lubbock County mugshots, right? <laughs> nah, maybe not. maybe not. But this is my challenge for all of us when it comes to worship, and it comes specifically to this week. I want us to take this away. Do things well. Do things well. What did he say? Don't be lazy now. Do things well. Understand what God finds acceptable, right? Not everything's acceptable to the Lord. Understand what that is. Spend time in the Word. Spend time in groups. Spend time discovering what that looks like. Allow Him to change what needs to be changed. 
Allow him to change. Don't block what he's trying to do in your life to try to do in you. And do everything with excellence. That's how we can do things well. When we allow him to work in us, when we realize what his word is saying, what he is asking of us, and we do it the best of our abilities, right? That doesn't mean that somebody might not do it. Somebody might do it better than you do. Guess what? That's okay. Because we're doing things with excellence. We're doing what we're capable of. Because what happened, right? He said, everybody's going to be different. But it's all important to the kingdom of God. Because collectively, as a body, people get to see God, and they get to see him in all the different forms. And you have a special function. And part of your function isn't just to be serve in this place, but it's to serve outside of here. It's to serve in your family. It's to serve in your neighborhood. It's to serve at your workplace. It's to serve in this world in ways that people see God. That is a form of worship. That is one way that we can reflect God and we say, man, this is me appreciating and giving you thanks for everything that you're doing in my life, for giving me this opportunity in front of me. Do things well this week, church. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you're honest and you're authentic with us. And sometimes, man, that means you're going to get in our face, you're going to get in our grill, and you're going to keep it real with us, Father. But a lot of times we need that. A lot of times we try to blow things off and, and try to ignore what the truth of the matter is, Lord. But I pray uh, that we would be people that would accept the honest truth, that we would be people that would look to worship you in ways that are acceptable, that if we don't know what that is, we would continue to press to grow and to learn what that is. That we would allow you to change the thing within us that needs to be changed. That all these things that we struggle with, we would surrender at your feet. We would surrender ourselves, Lord. And we would see you bring deliverance, bring breakthrough, bring transformation. Father, help us be people who do things well, who do things with excellence. Who people see us and say, man, they didn't even have to go out of their way to do that. But I can see that God is working through them because of that. Father, help us be those people that are in your presence and your presence is seen in us. Father, we just thank you for speaking to us this morning. We thank you for whatever this week has. Uh, man, help us see you in it. And help us thank you. Help us praise you. And help us live a life that worships you. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today, listening to Lubbock Unified LUC Messages on the Go. As always, we invite you to join us in person Sundays at 1030, also on Wednesdays at 630, or catch us online at Lubbock Unified on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple, whatever your listening desires are, we would love to connect and for you to be part of the family. So let's do life together and let's keep seeking the Lord. God bless.